a very good evening to you. Welcome along to another Sweet and Swing here on Manx Radio. It's Howard with you for the next hour or so of some exquisite music for a Friday evening. What have we got? Well, how about a bit of André Prevan with My Fair Lady? George Chisholm, haven't heard from him for a while. A celebration, the Royal Air Force HQ Bomber Command Sextet. And to start us off something we might have done with over the last week or so. The Symphony of the Breeze.
Yeah, oh, nice little number to get us going. Symphony of the Breeze. We could have done with a few more breezes over the last week or two. Actually, hot on the Isle of Man. Not often you get a chance to say that, is it? But it genuinely has been hot. I mean, we have cold, wet and windy on a regular basis for a good two or three hundred days of the year. How often we got to say hot on the island? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, 10 days, 20 days a year? Less than 20 on an average year. Perhaps we might get up to that number this year. Whatever. We can't get away from the fact we've had a lovely long spell of genuinely summery weather, which is not something we're used to. People have been melting here, ice cream vans have been doing a sterling trade. And yes, people have been wandering around just in shorts and t-shirts. I mean, unheard of. I don't think it's going to last that much longer if you're not a fan. But the sound of it, normal service will be resumed from Sunday onwards, I think. But who knows? Who knows? Hopefully that's not the end of the summer. Bearing in mind we're not in July yet, so we, in theory, have another two months of summer to go. If you're a pessimist like me, you can start thinking, that's it, summer's over, so I'll try not to before anyone shouts at me and say, no, no, that was a good start. There's more to come. <clears throat> we'll see. Anyway, hope you're surviving one way or another. And top marks, give yourself a pat on the back. And yes, an extra cup of cocoa or whatever your tipple is for your Friday evening. If you recognise the vocalist there, Jimmy Messine or Jimmy Messini or James Messini, call him what you will. He seemed to go by several names. And if anyone remembers him, well, you're a better man than me is all I can say. Or woman, as the case may be. Not one of the big uh, names and sort of died a long time ago, back in the 1960s now. Uh, he's listed on the CD as uh, Jimmy Messine, or Messine, M-E-S-S-E-N-E. But in the Book of Words, if you look him up, he's listed as Jimmy Messini, M-E-S-S-I-N-I. And his real name, we are told, was actually James Messine, M-E-S-N-E. <laughs> Take your pick. He was uh, very successful as a variety act in the earlier days with no less a personage than Al Bowley. But sadly, of course, that was uh, cut dramatically short when uh, Al was killed in the Blitz. Uh, he was a guitarist and vocalist with several bands. He played with, so he got around the big boys. He played with Nacanella, Teddy Joyce, Joe Loss, Jack Payne, Billy Thorburn. And as we heard there, again, not quite so well-known boys as well. He was there with George Glover and his orchestra. No relation to Tim, as far as I'm aware, in any case. As I say, he died long back. He, I don't know whether he was Canadian, but he uh, died in Montreal in Canada in any case. And whether that's where he hailed from when he went back there, or whether he emigrated out to Canada for some reason, I'm afraid I can't tell you. But a good voice. And I like his sort of bit of a... his bit of sort of basic scatting there as well. ba 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 do 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 or whatever it was at the end of one of the chorus. Symphony of the Breeze, da da dee da da do 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 Good stuff, good stuff. You'll have no such problem recognising this next vocalist, I promise you.
with Ambrose and the boys in the orchestra. Lovely stuff. Can't get, or can't go wrong with a bit of Vera, can you? Such a distinctive voice, even though I think originally she was told she wasn't much of a singer. <laughs> I think she proved them wrong. Went on for a few years and seemed to have reasonable success, didn't she? Ah, yes, how she is missed, I must admit. And uh, it's lovely, there's so many recordings you can go back to. As with all of the artists on Sweet and Swing, isn't it? I was just thinking that as I was listening to them. And you think of all the lives they've led and you look at the pictures and you read the lives and it's so easy just to sort of, I don't know, pigeonhole them into nothingness and just in history. And of course they all had fantastic lives and did wonderful things, so many of them. Not always good, <laughs> it has to be said. Um, yeah, Ambrose is a, maybe a case in point and I think one or two of the band leaders, yeah, had a, a few... Well, what should we say? They were characters. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. But the lives that they've led were amazing in so many cases. As we know, if you listen regularly to Sweet and Swing, as I dig out these little nuggets of some of the characters. Now, this is a, another little nugget I did uh, dig out. Oh, by the way, we'll be having the Flanders and Swan, just in case you're wondering whether that's gone. No, don't worry, we'll be having Flanders and Swan as well. But André Previn, uh, yeah, we featured him off and on over the time, as well as being a wonderful conductor and orchestrator and orchestra leader of course in the classical side he was a wonderful jazz pianist and many albums out there I don't know how many but quite a few I know I've got two or three in my collection at the very least maybe more sometimes in trio sometimes in solo settings and uh, I dusted this one off as I came into the studio Andre Prevan plays My Fair Lady and a dozen great standards so let's hear his interpretation of On the Street Where You Live
Told you we could play. Not bad, eh? Not bad at all. <laughs> Andre Prevan at the keys, Shelley Mann at the drums, Leroy Vinegar at the bass on the street where she lives from My Fair Lady. And uh, just reading through the notes and uh, very comprehensive set of notes actually provided with the CD by, well, by Peter Dempsey yeah, in uh, 2007. And he said, he writes that, uh, glancing briefly at the catalogue of achievements of Andre or to his intimates, Sir George, not quite too sure why, uh, one is believed uh, or bewildered as to just how in one lifespan one man could have had the time and energy to bring about so many wonders in such diverse musical genres. A leader among post-war film conductor arrangers, the score's Prevent pen for Hollywood's last golden age earned him four Oscars and 11 nominations. In 1971, this musical polymath and self-professed populist, who rather incongruously has always upheld quality as his criterion, was selected as the intellectual most accessible to assist Anthony Hopkins' televised armchair decodifications of music's supposed mysteries. Later still, he would tour the world to affect the wider appreciation of the classics that he had initiated. In America, he goes on, Prevan's name still evokes a disparate range of emotions. To the paparazzi of the 60s and 70s, he was the jet-setting protagonist of a series of high-profile marriages. To his grateful students of more recent years, he is the sedately sympathetic host of Curtis and Tanglewood masterclasses. And in Britain, he is still affectionately remembered by some as Andrew Preview, a superb serio-comic foil to 60s TV comedian Eric Morecambe. And 70s, and I thought as well. He's right about the last bit, isn't he? I keep saying that myself. Either way, what a wonderful musician, it has to be said. I think we missed out on jazzing the classics last week, which is a bit of a remiss, isn't it? Very remiss of me. The music of Grieg, Chopin, Tchaikovsky, Rachmaninoff, Rimsky, Korskov, performed by Dorsey, Sinatra, Glenn Miller, Jimmy Dorsey, Bing Crosby, and more. Right, well, let's put that right right away then. What shall we have then? What about Hungarian dance number four, performed by Carmen Cavallero and his orchestra? <laughs>
<laughs> but you've not heard it like that before. Uh, Hungarian, <laughs> as it were, uh, Hungarian dance number four by Brahms, arranged by Carmen Cavallaro uh, on piano and his orchestra, recorded in New York in June. In fact, I can be more precise. It's almost to the day, not quite. June the 10th, 1947. So that's 53, what, 73, 76 years ago, almost to the day, something along those lines. Not bad, though, was it? Uh, we'll have more of those next week. Don't know why I missed out one last week. Just put it down to old age one way or another. Uh, now, um, you might be aware that we should have, if the weather holds, and I think it might do, a bit of a treat this Saturday uh, coming up because there's going to be something of a fly-past. Uh, it's the Isle of Man Marking Armed Forces Day, a parade celebrating the work of the men and women who've served and are continuing to serve, of course. It gets underway on Douglas Prom from 1pm. Uh, the day hopes to be a display of support to the Armed Forces community and provide a great boost to the morale of troops and their families. And as part of this, there was going to be a fly-past by a Spitfire. Now, just recently... That's changed, and it's now apparently going to be a Lancaster bomber making a flyby. I believe it's around about 2.30 or thereabouts. Don't take that as gospel, but I think that's the sort of time. And it's going to pass over Douglas Head from the southeast, and it's understood it will make three sort of passes before leaving to the west. There can't be that many Lancaster bombers left flying. So it might be a last chance to actually see them before maybe they're all grounded. I don't know. They all have specific hours and things. And, yeah, there were very few a wonderful noise and iconic, of course, from the last war. A real workhorse. And who knows where it would have been without the Lancaster bomber. Not that it's a wonderful thing bombing everyone to oblivion, but, well, war is war, isn't it? Um, we are where we are, as they say. Well, we could do with fewer wars. Either way, I did think it would be a good excuse to play some music from the Royal Air Force HQ Bomber Command Sextet. Why not, you say? So, a great little track, this one. Squatty Roo. <laughs> Thank you. 
Told you it was a goodie. Squatty Roo. Wonderful. By the Royal Air Force HQ Bomber Command Sextet. Uh, led by well, the Radio Rhythm Club Sextet. And uh, led by a man whose name I can never get right. Buddy Featherstone Ho. It's the H-A-U-G-H. I'm never 100% certain how to pronounce it at the end. If you know the correct way, let me know. Howard Kane at MaxRadio.com. Because I always get it wrong. I feel fairly certain I do. Buddy Featherstone Ho. Or Featherstone Ho. Featherstone Ha. I, I don't know. I just... No, I, I give in. I'm sure the old maestro told me once, and sadly I've f- forgotten altogether. But, yeah, he brought together this uh, band within the Royal Air Force HQ Bomber Command, and it was... Well, it caused a lot of carnage, wasn't it? I mean, not just the war, but actually to the music industry. Just after Chamberlain announced England was at war with Germany, lots of musicians suddenly found themselves called up, of course, into the armed services, meaning that lots of bands up and down the country had to, well, either sort of rearrange or, or break up altogether, uh, certainly depleting some of the bigger bands and the smaller bands just ceased to exist. Uh, but as it's noted, uh, out of this musical carnage, many new and instrumentally innovative groups were formed within the services, such as Buddy's Quintet, with its front line of trombone and tenor sax doubling clarinet. And, uh, yeah, it was... Um, pretty successful to say the least and not surprisingly when you look at who was actually playing within it uh, Buddy and the Radio Rhythm Club Sextet Don McCaffrey on trombone Buddy on uh, clarinet and tenor sax Harry Rayner piano Vic Lewis uh, on guitar there and vocals as well Frank Clark bass and Jack Parnell on the drums recorded in 1943 so very much in the uh, middle of the war so it was a case of, um, Buddy himself remarked, I was stationed at uh, the Bomber Command HQ and High Wickham, and the commanding officer, who knew my background, gave me a bunch of musicians. I was told, there's this band of some sort being posted to us. Do you know what you can do with them, Sergeant? The new arrivals turned out to be Buddy and his quintet with Vic on guitar and vocal, and the band officially became... His Majesty's Royal Air Force Bomber Command Sextet. And they did record a few uh, BBC broadcasts before recording for ENSA, a special programme so recorded in London and flown out to personnel in Europe and the Middle East. And in 1943, as we heard there, a series of commercial recordings for EMI were made. And that's just what we heard. Uh, Harry Parry's resident band on the popular radio programme, the BBC Radio Rhythm Club, incorporating the programme's title into the name of their band. 
Wonderful stuff, yeah. And do look out for the Lancaster. Uh, like I said, 2.30ish, somewhere around about there. Um, you'll get more details, I'm sure, if you go online and have a quick poke about or look on the Manx Radio website. Uh, but it's not the Spitfire, it is definitely the Lancaster Mobber. Let's keep our fingers crossed for the weather. Now, we'll have some more Flanders and Swan from there. Their amazing works in the box set I discovered the complete Flanders and Swan at the drop of a hat and at the drop of another hat and also the uh, bestry of Flanders and Swan so we're looking at the drop of a hat I must admit and trying to mix up the sort of the well known with the less well known so we had uh, the hippopotamus mud mud the other week didn't we last week was it so what about this one one of the less known ones design for living design for living When we started making money... When we started making friends... We found, we found a, a home, home as, as soon, soon as we, we were able to. We bought this bijou residence for about a thousand more than the house, our little house, was once the stable to. With charm... And colour values... Wit... And structural alteration... Now designed for graceful living... It has quite a reputation. We're terribly house and garden at number 7B... We live in a most amusing muse, ever so very contemporary. We're terribly house and garden, the money that one spends to make a place that won't disgrace our house and garden friends. We've planned an uninhibited interior decor. Curtains made of straw. We've wallpapered the floor. We don't know if we like it, but at least we can be sure there's no place like home, sweet home. It's fearfully Maison Jardin at number 7B. We've rediscovered the chandelier. Très, très, very contemporary. We're terribly house and garden. Now at last we've got the chance. The garden's full of furniture. And the house is full of plants. <laughs> it doesn't make for comforts, but it simply has to be. Because whatever's so terribly up-to-date contemporary. Have you a home that cries out your every visitor here lives someone who is exciting to know? No. Well, why not? Collect those little metal bottle tops and nail them upside down to the floor. This will give a sensation of walking on little metal bottle tops turned upside down. <laughs> why not get hold of an ordinary Northumbrian spokeshaver's coracle? Painted in contrasting stripes of, say, telephone black and white white and hang it up in the hall for a guitar tidy for parties. Why not drop in one evening for a mess of potting? Our speciality, just aubergine and carnation petals. With a six-shilling bottle of mule du pape, a feast fit for a king. I'm delirious about our new cooker fitment with the eye-level grill. This means that without my having to bend down, the hot fat can squirt straight into my eye. <laughs> We're frightfully house and garden at number 7B. The walls are patterned with shrunken heads, ever so very contemporary. Our boudoir on the open plan has been a huge success. Now, everywhere so open, there's nowhere safe to dress. <laughs> with little screens and bottle lamps and, and motifs here and there. Mobiles in the air. Ivy everywhere. You mustn't be surprised to meet a cactus on the stair. But we call it home, sweet home. We're terribly house and garden, as I think we said before. But though 7B is madly gay, it wouldn't do for every day. We actually live in 7A, in the house next door.
Ah, wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff, I must admit. We're terribly housed and gone. It still holds true today, doesn't it? I was listening to that and just thinking, gosh, have we changed much since when that was recorded? Back in, uh, I think, the 1950s, I think we said that was, wasn't it? Uh, The drop of a hat and the drop of another hat. Just looking to see whether we've got the exact recording date. And uh, 1957, there we are. And it doesn't seem to have changed that much, the, the whole idea, isn't it? People keeping up with the Joneses and having a house which, you know, you're happy to. It's almost a case of a place you live in, but also a place that you're happy that other people can come round and see and et cetera, et cetera. Not everyone I know, but it hasn't changed that much, has it? Uh, and there's always some sort of weird... Actually, what they were talking about there has become very true, that last one. All the plants in the house and the furniture in the garden. That has come to pass in many ways for a lot of people, haven't they? Gardens have never had more furniture and outdoor rooms and outdoor eating places and barbecues or outdoor pizza ovens. Or Yes, it has happened. And more and more greenery coming into the house. So if you watch Gardener's World, this idea of extending the house and the garden and making them one... It was all there with Flanders and Swan back in 1957. How about a little bit of uh, Jack Buchanan? Wow. 
the matter with you? Oh, man, everything's wrong. My old lady done run off with the ice man. What? That done my daughter run off with the undertaker, and I'm about to die, and ain't got nobody to bear me. Son, don't let it bother you. Listen here. Don't let it bother you when things go wrong. If you glum, just humming some, good luck will come along. Don't let it bother you if now and then you may stumble, never grumble, down from one to ten. A frown is a smile upside down. Turn that frown upside down and smile. Sing, la di da di da di da sing, sing, sing. Don't let it bother you. If skies are gray, learn to grin, take it on the chin, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Fats Waller uh, for uh, John and Sheila there, who uh, have been having a bit of a rough time of late. So, yeah, hopefully everything will be okay. According to Fats, anyway. Who am I to argue? And before that, a bit of Jack Buchanan. Yeah, the uh, wonderful Scots singer from, oh, back in the 1920s. Um, 1928, to be exact. Uh, almost exactly again. To the day, 19th of June. Very close. You'd think I'd planned this, wouldn't you? Fancy our meeting from That's a Good Girl with Elsie Randolph also taking vocals there along with Jack and Debroy's Summers Band, directed by Leonard Hornsey. Now, I did promise you a little bit of George Chisholm, didn't I? So a bit of deliver on that, otherwise you'd be calling me out. Um, George Chisholm with Kenny Baker, Tony Coe, Tommy Whittle, Brian Lemon, Alan Branscombe. Uh, met quite a few of these, not often I say that on the show, but uh, and I met George as well, because back in the day, as I'm sure I've mentioned before, 
He used to come over to the Isle of Man for the Manx Jazz Club, of which the old maestro used to be secretary and chief organiser at one stage, and often we'd provide the accommodation. So after the gig and before the gig, they'd pitch up and drop off their bags or whatever, their overnight bag, then go off for the sound check and to get warmed up, then come back uh, and then maybe have a bite to eat. And in uh, George's case, my mum was always like, what would you like then, Mr Chisholm? And she said, you know what I'd really like? Scrambled egg on toast. So that's what he had. Thank you. 
George Chisholm in fine form there, a great character, uh, with Kenny Baker uh, on trumpet, George on trombone, of course, Tony Coe on clarinet and alto, also baritone there by the sound of it, Tommy Whittle on flute and tenor, Alan Branscombe on piano, Lenny Bush bass, Bobby Orr at the drums, and uh, a lovely line of notes as well from uh, Ralph Lang saying what a lovely chap he was, which he was indeed. He says he was one of the hardy survivors of our pre-war family of great musicians, equally skilled in the complexities of studio sessions, touring big bands and jazz improvisation, arguably the greatest of the gang, certainly the best known, kind, funny, intelligent, greatly lovable. His company always welcome and invigorating, and he had one of the most expressive faces I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, all of which I would agree with. He certainly seemed a really, really nice chap. Um, and, yes, did have one of those faces which, as he remarks there, he could just sort of flick an eyebrow and convey quite a lot. Okay, might just have a little bit of time for a yellow bird. The snow was very plentiful And crumbs were very few As a weather-beaten sparrow through A mansion window flew Her eye fell on a golden cage, a sweet love song she heard, sung by a pet canary there, a handsome yellow bird. He said to her, Miss Sparrow, I've been struck by Cupid's arrow, will you share my cage with me? She looked up at his castle, with its ribbon and its tassel and in plaintive tones said she goodbye little yellow bird i gladly made with you i love you little yellow bird but i love Goodbye from me as well. That's the yellow bird. Geraldo and his orchestra with Carol Carr on the vocals. We'll be back, same time, same place, next week. Cheerio.
Bye.